Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. Don't forget, before we get started today, there are many wonderful things to do right here in this place I call home, Mississippi. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out a whole lot more. Today's guest and I got to know each other through her husband, a dear, dear friend of mine, former NFL great Craig Hendrick. We spent a whole lot of time on the golf course, got to really know each other and become pals. Well, he was a guest on the show a while back, as some of you may know. And uh, I, for some reason, you know, I wake up and go, why haven't I had his wife on? A Nashville singer-songwriter, wife and mom, faith blogger, and creator of God and My Girlfriend's Stories behind the inspired song that she co-wrote, for our friend Reba McIntyre's Dove and Grammy-winning Sing It Now, Songs of Faith and Hope album. Other country artists she's recorded uh, that have had songs recorded by are Mississippi's own Randy Hauser, Clay Walker, Larry Stewart, our dear friend, Richie McDonald, and Chris Cagle. The list goes on. You can check her out and her music, albums, and singles on iTunes and Spotify artist page. Follow her, follow her, her YouTube channel, and her website, which is elisahendrick.com. I've given away who's coming right now as my guest on the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, my pal, Lisa Hendrick. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Why haven't we done this before? You know, I, I don't understand how slow I can be at times, you know, and so I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's been a while since we've seen each other, since you're not uh, in Nashville anymore, so it was such a nice surprise to hear from you. Oh, it's great. Well, how's Craig and how are the kids? Oh, they're doing great. You know, don't blink. Time flies. Uh, all those all those uh, things that we hear about how fast kids grow up, they're all growing up really fast. And um, Craig's always busy learning something, mastering something new. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When he retired from football, you know, he gave up his cleats, no, no kicking, no punting, which he could do so, so well. Uh, and he, you guys met and got married. He started writing songs, playing piano, and it was amazing how fast he took to it. I mean, weren't you amazed? You know, it was, I actually have learned a lot from Craig, um, because the nutshell version of that story is that when he told me, you know, yeah, I I grew up all sports, always wanted to learn how to play an instrument, but it was all sports. I think I'm going to learn to play piano. And I thought, <laughs> well, good luck with that. You know, when you're grown, trying to learn an instrument. Uh, and we connected with a friend who is now a dear friend, Craig Morris, uh, came to our home, started teaching Craig piano. And the thing that I learned was I used to believe that 
you know, you're either kind of born with the musical instinct or you're not. Um, I was born with that, and I just play well enough to funk around and bite ear, you know, to write. But I've, I've never really been disciplined in the instrument side. I'm very disciplined in the writing side. Right. But what I've watched with Craig is he was so committed and devoted to do his piano homework. He would practice two hours a day. At the time, he was still playing for the Titans. And he went out and bought a, a, a portable keyboard, and he took it to the uh, where, when they had minicamp. And when he was not on the field, he would go in the locker room and put his headphones on and practice his keyboard. And he would come home telling me funny stories about how, you know, the guys would, would tease him about it. But he didn't care. But he said, you know, every once in a while, someone will come up when, when there's nobody else in the locker room, and they'll say, hey, I've always wanted to learn to play an instrument. You know, tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> him about what what discipline can do because what I what I observed is that it didn't really come naturally to him but because he was so he applied the same discipline to learning how to play piano, learning how to uh, the Nashville number system because he would come in the studio with me and he would ask me all these questions in the car on the way home. So what does that mean when they say we're going to go from the four to the six to the right. you know the seven nine? He, he said, "What does that mean?" And so I would explain to him what it was. So he now knows how to do all that, and he can he he can play past me on the piano, and I have him do my charts for me. <laughs> Oh, that's not right. Now, see, there's an underlying, you know, that's what great wives do for their husbands by making them better. They also put them to work. So you're putting, now I know, now I get it. You know, the funny thing is, though, the number system to me is vital in in the process of really learning and understanding the instrument. And for folks that don't know what the number system is, we're not going to get into that because I want to celebrate you and your career. But it is important. And once you understand it, you really understand sort of a lot of the theory behind music, or, or at least you, you dabble into it, and it just makes the instrument make a lot more sense. So, yeah, all right. yeah we figured all that out. So listen, we're in some trying times right now, right? This yeah. has been unprecedented in our time, right? Well, and there's been plenty of times in our folks' lives and, and grandparents' lives, and they've gone through, and when I'm sure when they made the trip over from wherever they were from, it was extremely difficult. But you have always centered your entire art form around your faith. That's mm-hmm. that you, you see it walking in the room. You, I mean, you know, the only thing, you're not clergy, but, but your lyrics and your words sure reflect that. And it's, it's who you've never, you know, ventured away from. So right now we're in some crazy times. You just go to Dublin and not Dublin, Ohio, Dublin, Ireland. And you, you're mm-hmm. on your Instagram story, let's start there. And then I want to go okay. back and talk about where this sense of faith and importance came from. Okay. Okay. Like so, your current so, song right now that's well, or a project that you that you were inspired by. Yes. So I have a song coming out. Uh, actually, by the time this airs, it will be out. It's coming out on October thirty first. Yep. And the song is called "The Father's Blessing," and it was written in Dublin, Ireland, last year in September of two thousand nineteen. I went on a worship sojourn with a group called Brave Worship. It's a songwriting community. And we did a 10-day sojourn all around Ireland, different areas of Ireland, really learning about um, the country from a biblical perspective, but also historical as well, both sides. And we ended up the last two days in Dublin, and we were uh, paired with area worship leaders and ended up writing songs for a couple of days just grouping off, you know, pairing off, 
And right. this song was written with a Dublin worship leader uh, named Trevor Bremage, and then also a brave co-writer named Allison Goodman. And we, um, I, I always, for a while, had had it in my mind that I would love to write a song based on the Father's Blessing, also known as the Aaronic Blessing or the Priestly Blessing. Uh, it's in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. I had learned about it um, maybe about seven years ago and was really learning about you know, the power of the Word. The, the Bible says there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And I, the Lord just really started taking me on a deep dive of what does that mean. And you need to know His Word in order for it to be released into your life. And so when I started learning the Father's blessing, which some people may recognize, may God bless you, may God keep you, make His face to shine upon you, that's the beginning words of it. I started speaking it over our children when I would tuck them into bed at night because I thought, you know, I want this blessing released over the lives of my children. This is something I didn't learn until recently, and it was changing my life. You know, the more I learned God's Word, it's changing my life. And so I wanted I wanted to release it over their lives. So I had that in, in my mind, that I'd love to write a song that would help other people to memorize it so they could speak it over their children. And when we were paired with Trevor, uh, we began to hear the story about just absolute devastation in Dublin um, when heroin came into the community. We had learned a little bit about it prior to arriving. And then really being face-to-face with these people and hearing the stories about how many family members they have lost, how it is just devastated a once joy-filled community. It just really, you know, tugged at my heart, and I thought, wow, that blessing needs to be sung over this land. It needs to be sung everywhere. It needs to be sung over every land, over every family, over every child, every future. Uh, And so we wrote the song. um, Not even, I didn't even remember until I was reflecting on it with the co-writer, Allison Goodman, which I posted today on Instagram. We share the story about how we wrote that in Dublin. And she reminded me that when we were paired to write the song, we actually were in a church nursery. That's where we wrote the wow. song. Wow. Wow. It has words. Singing lo- this over, I was looking singing at your Instagram over. as you speak right now. It's Lisa Hendrick Nashville is your. Yes, Lisa yeah. Nashville. Hendrick, mm-hmm. everybody. H-E-N-T-R-I-C-H. Hendrick. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, that's just amazing. You know, it's it's just interesting I feel like that we are sort of slapdab in the middle of Revelation right now. And Mm -hmm. it's just a lot going on from all different sides, right? There seems to be more hatred than I've ever experienced more. It's just, it's so out there now, you know? Uh, And and despair and this COVID thing. And I mean, when do you rely on your faith? In the most troubling and heavy times in your life. And uh, I know that you've, relied on that for a long time and i want to touch more on that in our next segment you know mississippi minutes moved by pretty quick so our first segment has taken a hiatus you're in the keep mississippi beautiful studio with lisa hendrick you got to check her music out everywhere uh we're gonna talk about more where you can find it uh but just such a great girl and mother and wife and spiritual leader and what a talented singer songwriter Go to visit Mississippi.org. There's a whole lot of talent right there and a great getaway just, just right around the corner. Here in the Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Over this land, his kingdom. 
As I stumble my way through a Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar, and I've got my pal Lisa Hendrick, just a really great, talented singer-songwriter. Uh, and like I said, the centerpiece of her life is faith, and family, Just it just all fits. And so does the talent and her songs that she writes and celebrates, uh, all in the name of our, of our glory upstairs. Uh, go to visit Mississippi.org. There's a whole lot of glorious places you can go to that are so cultural and historical right here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. So, Lisa, let's get into growing up. I want to understand, you know, uh, you talk about you didn't understand the level of faith and, and what you're experiencing right now. Of course, it's always a, a growth. When Anytime you're talking spirituality and all that, you want to continue to grow. You're never there. So on this journey, where does it start for you? And then was music always part of that? Well, I grew up in a musical family. My my dad played bass in a local country band, and so I would go to the taverns with him and watch him play. I, I thought I was big stuff sitting at the at the tavern bar drinking a chocolate soda. I thought I was really big stuff. <laughs> so uh, I would watch my dad, you know, play and sing in, in the country band. He, they did songs like, you know, Willie and, and Johnny Cash and, you know, on and on it goes. So I was first introduced, you know, that was put in my blood at an early age. And then in my teen years, um, I auditioned for my brother's rock and roll band. Um, so I you had, had to audition for that, huh? huh. I did, I, because nobody knew I could sing. I was very shy and uh, afraid to sing in front of people. And so even my family did not know that I could sing. And when I auditioned for my brother's band, he, first of all, did not want his little sister along, you know, cramping his style. So he told me no. Right. And secondly, he, he didn't know I could sing. And I think they auditioned maybe eight female singers, 14, no, I think it was 14, and couldn't find one. And so I went back to him, which was a big deal for me because I was really facing a fear that I had. I just, I made a decision. I'm going to face this fear because I like to sing. And people would tell me in, in high school that would hear me sing, and, and, and sing along with the radio in the car, you're going to be a singer one day. You know, and I thought, no, nah, no, nah, you know, I can't, I can't sing in front of a stranger. So I was really making the decision to face this fear and so I went back to him and I said just let me audition if you don't like my voice then you know it won't hurt my feelings so I auditioned now, how old were you at this time to be able to even say I that? was uh, I would have been 19 so okay yeah, okay yeah yeah and we were singing back then songs like Till Tuesday uh Voices Carry um Patty Smythe uh, Pat Benatar you know yeah. those were the types of songs that we were doing and it started with that and then that really put me on a a, a course of step-by-step, step, you know, really overcoming my fear and putting me on the path that I think God really originally intended for me to be on. But years later, again, going to the spiritual side of things, I was able to realize that back then in the sixth grade, I really made an agreement with fear. I uh, was taking a chorus class, and the music teacher essentially, he heard something in my voice, and he, um, he basically forced me to sing a solo <laughs> in a music program but he wasn't a, an encouraging kind of guy he just was like you're doing this right. so i ended up uh almost running off the stage throwing the microphone down and running off the stage it was that <laughs> traumatic for me and after that i said i am never going to sing again i'm never taking another um, i stopped playing the piano i was already teaching myself piano and the lord showed me years later you know way back then that is the power of fear, coming into agreement with fear. You actually delayed some things that I had for you because you, you right. came into agreement with fear. And so, but, but when I made the choice, you know, to take that first step and audition, 
with my brother's band, that was the beginning of me coming out of agreement with fear. So it put me on a path of eventually uh, moving to Nashville to write songs. And uh, that was in 97. And I've been here ever since. And I met Craig here. And, you know, I'm able to look at it and say, gosh, you know, I'm so glad I came out of agreement with fear because if I hadn't done that, I would have never had the courage to come to Nashville. I would have never met Craig. I wouldn't have the beautiful family I have now. And so, although it may have started out from a place of, you know, hey, I want to I wanna be a star. I want to yeah. be on the you know, CMA Awards. You know, I had all those dreams at the time. But now I look at it like, wow, I got the real dream. I got the real reward. I got, you know, wonderful husband, beautiful family, a catalog of songs that, you know, no one can ever take from me. And so that's really kind of my story in a nutshell. Well, and from the faith side of things, I'm sorry. uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry, Lisa. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, from the faith side of things, um, there was a time in my life around, uh, I would say, eight years ago, when there was God pushed the pause button on it. I thought it was the stop button, but it it turns out it was the pause button. I lost my singing voice and. It was due to some health situations, totally lost it, couldn't sing even in the studio anymore. And I made a decision at that point, you know, I, you know, maybe it's time, maybe, you know, maybe that part of my life is, is over with. I, our children were young and uh, just really wanted to focus on that. And so I thought that I was all done with music, with writing and everything. And uh, during over the course of the next five years, just that's when the Lord kind of just tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, I want your time, you know, devoted to me now. And so I really just deep dove into the Word and learning kingdom knowledge, quote-unquote kingdom, and that means His kingdom, uh, the King's domain. Uh, really just deep dove into that, and five years into it, He tapped me on the shoulder and said, get ready, I'm about to wake up your music. Wow. And I had no idea what that meant. But what ended up happening was uh, Reba put a song that I had co-written. Um, at that time, it was a seven-year-old song called God and My Girlfriend. <laughs> and suddenly, he, it was resurrected from the ashes, and she decided to put it on her uh, 2017 album. Yeah, Reba did. And right, that right. never, you know, Steve, you know how, how Nashville works. That never happens. You know, nobody was playing it. Nobody was pitching it. You know, it, 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 I thought it was a thing of the past. She had put it on hold seven years earlier. And for her to remember that song seven years later and decide to suddenly record it, right. to me, was just a miracle. But... Well, Over the course of the next, go ahead. No, I, I just want to say it, there there is some miraculous parts of that. The bottom line is mm-hmm. these plans that you, you you're you're sowing these seeds as you go, and you yeah. just don't know when the crop's going to rise. And sometimes, <laughs> right. like you said, for folks that don't understand this, when you're not pitching a song to anybody, it's really impossible. <laughs> basically for a song to find its way into any artist's hands it's not going to happen but it did with yeah. you and that is the, mm-hmm. the 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 miracle of it all which is so cool yeah yeah which reaffirms cool. your faith i mean w- w- why you have faith you know this is why yeah yeah yes and, and when it was put on hold and some of this is covered on my website if anybody's interested and it's, yeah. it's why i started the faith forward blog um back to the beginning i tell the story about how the music was resurrected, but it was really by the hand of God that it was resurrected. And he just kept showing me over the course of the year leading up to her releasing the song. I'm telling you, all these just God things kept happening everywhere. Like right. a, a quick one that 
tell you about is at the time Craig and I had a furniture store. That was one of the things that Craig I didn't know anything learned. about the furniture <laughs> store. When did this happen? Yeah, it was one of the things Craig had to do after he retired. He decided I want to play piano. And wasn't he oh, making furniture? Well, he wasn't yet, but one day he decided oh, he yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. start how to build furniture. So he did, <laughs> and that uh, led us on a journey together—a creative journey, which eventually led to us having a, a furniture store. It was a kind of like American Pickers meets uh, custom furniture, you know, from recycled materials. And so we had that for several years. And at that time, uh, we had uh, an employee that worked through the week, and and Craig came home one day and he said, hey, i got to tell you this story. I was working the store uh, a couple weeks ago because the employee had called in sick, and this lady came in and saw one of our old benches. It was an old church pew. And she said, hey, do you guys rent furniture? I'd love to rent this for a photo shoot. So he rented it to her. A couple weeks later, she brought it back. He, quote, unquote, happened to be working that day again when normally he wouldn't be. And as it turned out, that bench was on, the photo shoot was for the cover of Reba's album that my song was oh, on. Oh, come on. I mean, that's just one of a hundred yeah. stories I could Okay, say. that's, I mean, I'm cold right now. And for our I listeners, know. everybody's got to be cold because that that is it. That, I mean, that's proof that you're on this journey along the way, and you're and you're trying to do what's right, and you, things just happen. Well, they just don't happen. They just don't. Yeah, not like that. There, I bet you guys are going like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, and of all I the know. things to be a builder, like a carpenter, you know what I mean? Of all the things to take on, <laughs> it just makes a lot of sense. We're going to go into a break, but before you get to play DJ, that's part of the deal. We are the birthplace of American music. I know you're living in Music City, which I did for so long, but when I came home, music was like, is it reminded me of being a kid again, and I really understood its value for Mississippi and its economy and, and celebrating all that we are. Uh, so in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org, by the way, to find out what exactly I'm talking about. It's right there. Lisa Hendrick, would you like to hear... You like I called you both both names at one time. Would you like to hear... Uh, let's go Bobby Gentry or Faith Hill into the break. Faith Hill. That was a quick answer, and as I figured, you'd be the one to answer quicker. Most people go, yeah, and I go, wait a minute, what's yeah? <laughs> oh, you want me to be the DJ? We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, like I said, with Lisa Hendrick. you got to check our music out online. Uh, as you get to know her through this uh, incredible interview, just really understanding what makes this lady tick, and it's all beautiful. We'll be right back. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Every grain of sand was scattered by In the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio, where I dwell, you should see how pristine and clean things are around me. OCD Steve is right here. I am that way. I'm with my pal Lisa Hendrick, who we're supposed to be really learning a whole, whole lot more about her incredible talent, her faith-based music, 
so much going on and how the wor- how the Lord works in his own way and his own plan and we're just sort of along for the ride and we're supposed to do as we should go to visit mississippi.org that's what you should do to check out all the great things you can do this weekend um, just right we're drive in state so it's right there by you uh, Lisa you bring up something about your voice uh, and I, I want to quickly say this to you so after I don't have to be me till Monday and waiting on Joe for me. The label went up for sale, but people never understood what happened. I went through similar stuff. I had a cyst on my throat that was the size of I don't even know what, and and it was constant spitting up blood. It was and I was I was touring. I wrote eighty songs that year. I remember recording them and really learning how to record my own music. Um, and I was doing that, but changing a and r guys all this stuff happening label for sale and i had like about 150 dates on the calendar so i was non-stop and just trying to be prepared well you know it just it was what it was but i rafe van hoy who was my producer at the time who was so so vital to my career i love him so much um and we wrote this song big blue sky well we we thought it was the the first single off the next record. We played it for everybody, and the record just to me just was so solid. You know, it was such a real song about things I wanted to say the next chapter. And uh, of course, they you know they blow it off and and all that. Well, Reba's walking down the hall one day because this is she tells us, and they were playing it. One of the A and R guys was playing it. Maybe the only time they ever played it. And so we get a call saying that Reba's recording Big Blue Sky, and I said, Well, how'd she hear it? And they said, well, we, she heard it when we were walking down the hall. So Reba tells the story. Well, I was on a trip to Yosemite. Uh, I loved that song. I'd asked for it. And I used it as the, uh, as the soundtrack behind the videos for our family's trip that year. And I said, one day I'm going to record that. And <laughs> I'm cracking up, going like, come on. So she ends up recording it. And then Susie McIntyre, her contemporary Christian singing sister is really good. She recorded it. So I had both of them. But the point is, we didn't pitch it either. And then, of course, Mercury down the line, they go, why didn't you ever play that for us? And I said, oh, my gosh. I wanted to come off the top ropes. But with that said, it's funny how a song gets cut. It's funny that we both had throat issues. What was the stem of yours? What was the reason? Uh, long story short, it had to do with... Good. So Craig and I have three kids. We have uh, our daughter, Abby, from his first marriage, and then we have our two boys together. And it really stemmed from that. When I had the two boys, I was older, and it really threw my, my hormones into a tailspin. And I did a holistic treatment for that, and it was that process that really, I thought, uh, damaged my vocal cords for good. And it, it was part of the decision of, deciding well I, I think i'm probably done with music but god said otherwise five years later yeah. i did not end up to a doctor or anything uh he led me down some 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 trails of essential oils i have an essential oil business now and that played a role and uh but more importantly he really used that time to deepen my faith on a different level and it's part of why i have everything that i have now on the website that i launched a few years ago yeah see you <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, you know why it all happened, right? Because you're not just sitting yeah. there not making yourself a better human being, right? Uh, yeah. Working on your soul as you go. Uh, and yeah. I think it's going in those places as, look, a lot of our artist friends, a lot of you and me, we both know you sort of have to go down into that place 
And when you're coming out, that's when the good stuff happens. And that's the Absolutely. stuff you're writing about. Otherwise, you got really nothing to really write about that's going to be impactful or, or going to help you evolve. You know, and without right. without getting all okay, you, you, you know, grow up and the artists you love had these great songs, and all of a sudden that they they would they would find God, and then everybody would go, okay, what happened? You know what I mean? It's it's different. This is who yeah. you are, and so you've had to be on this journey. There's no other way. It, it yeah. wouldn't make any sense. I mean, so you you got it. Whatever you, all this stuff that, that's so important to you that you're talking about is going to relate, and it's going to be so honest because it's coming yeah. from real place. The, my decision to really go there with God, you know, go down that, travel that road, yeah. it was because of that that I ended up going to first Scotland and then Ireland. And so the song that we first started talking about in this interview, it wouldn't even happen if, if right. it hadn't been for I wouldn't have even had the courage to, to go on either of those trips. Is that song so, on a, a, a full length or is it just a single you're putting out? Um, this one is a single, yeah. But I do have a, a full... Uh, a Scottish EP, a Scottish worship EP of, of uh, seven songs that were written after I came back from Scotland. So I did a, uh, in 2017, I did a Scotland sojourn with Brave Worship. And we wrote songs there in a castle, which was really, really cool. And I did not, you know, plan on doing a project because I still really, I was singing, but not, I wasn't looking at it from the perspective of And that's heart, heart, song, heart Song of Scotland, is that right? Scotland, yes, and and when I came back a few months later, I again felt that tap on the shoulder. I want you to put those songs on an EP, and further, I actually recorded them. Pretty much all of my worship songs I do this with, and it's a long story which that I won't go into, but they're all recorded in a certain kind of tuning called 444 hertz, and that is a specific tuning that has feeling within its very fabric. So he just really put it on my heart. I want you to record it all in 444 hertz. Mm-hmm. So they're not only hearing worship songs that were written in Scotland, but there's a it's a you, you wouldn't know it, you know, to the ear. But they are they have a, a, a healing frequency in in what they're recorded in. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, and then <laughs> you're doing well. You just released God and My Girlfriends, right? That Reba did a yeah. while back yeah. this past summer. <laughs> Yeah, so I did my own recording of God and My Girlfriends, which, again, I wasn't planning on doing. These are all things... What took you so long? What are you doing? You know, I just felt like, gosh, you know, nobody can do it better than Reba. You know, she's the queen. I get it. I know I get it. (laughs) Yeah, so I really did not have an intention to do it, but uh, the Lord put it on my heart that, you know, there's a way to do this song with a totally different spin on it, a totally different style. It's a little bit more... I don't know, I guess you could call it Colby Calais-ish, maybe, mm-hmm. um, that's gonna, uh, that also could, could uh, reach a different demographic, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, our, I think our daughter, you know, Abby, being a college student, you know, I think she was an influence to me as well, because I, I really want this younger generation, you know, like you talked about earlier, we are living in such dark times. I see it as a battle for the truth, really. We are in a spiritual battle for the truth, and so... I just felt like it would be really cool to do this song in a way that that um, my daughter and college students can push play and, and dance to it, you know, at a slumber party. <laughs> you know, so it's a totally yeah. different style. But the way Reba did it, it's, it's beautiful. It's priceless. I would have never tried to do it the way she did it because I could not have 
Uh, you know, I couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, Re- Reba said to me, she said, I just want to do it exactly like you did. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, you now I want to do it like you did, just FYI. Yeah. There's some phrasing exactly. things that she did. I go, how'd she even know to do that? <laughs> you know, because yeah. she's Reba. Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. Hey, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny. As our pal Mark Allen Springer uh, wrote two sparrows in a hurricane. We've got three sparrows in a hurricane. Our kids, and they're in it right now. You know what I mean? Like they're they're being they're being really tried, uh, and, yeah. and their and their patience is being uh, it's it's you know it's it's there right now. It's in court. You know what I mean? It's on the stand. Yeah. And it's just yeah. interesting how our kids and this generation uh, that's coming along and coming up. You know how they're having to live right now and understand it and what what's going to happen and i really feel like there's going to be a lot of great things that come from this i think that you know that's the only way greatness can happen is come from some crazy it's so despair too. It's before the dawn you know yeah and so we're the darkest part but i believe that we're going to break through and the dawn is going to be on the other side and uh i do believe that the truth is it's going to come out the yep. real truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So <laughs> help know? me God. Um, and really, uh, the Bible says, "You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." Yeah. So when it comes, when the truth comes out there, that freedom follows—a new so, kind of freedom. Yeah, I don't want right. to be the one ducking. I want to be the one going. Let it come. <laughs> yeah. And we were at Lisa Hendrick, and things should be Lisa Hendrick-ish. Just FYI, but you could say you could be an ish. You should be an ish, and you are an ish on this show, just FYI. And to all your fans and friends out there who've gotten to know you over the time, what a blessing it's been for all of us. We're going to go into a Mississippi Minute break. Uh, You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar with my pal, Lisa Hendrick. Go to visit Mississippi.org to check out all the cool things you can do, the museums, the the, there's so many of them, especially where I live down in the Delta. Uh, just so much you can do. Play golf, go hunting, you name it, go fishing. It's all there. We'll be right back. So leave your burdens on the shore. It ain't your cross to bear no more. Bank would like to pitch in and help with the holiday meal. Hey folks, I'm Steve Azar, and my friends at Guarantee Bank will be giving away a free turkey in each of their 17 markets. To enter, go to Guarantee Bank's Facebook page or to gbtonline.com forward slash turkey dash giveaway forward slash. All you got to do is enter your name, your email address, and your Guarantee Bank branch location to be considered for the drawing. Winners will be drawn and announced on Friday, November 20th at noon on the Guarantee Bank Facebook page. Winners can stop by their registered branch to pick up their prize. Prizes will be available afternoon Monday, November 23rd or anytime on Tuesday, November 24th. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC and equal housing owner. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Jesus, you're my heart song, the wellspring of my joy. When I know your freedom, I just have no choice. Hope you're not hearing the weed eaters. I love weed eaters. I love weed eaters. (laughs) And I'm in a Mississippi Minute with my pal Lisa Hendrick. We are... uh, 
We're rolling down a Mississippi highway. I'm hoping you've got Craig out there doing the weed eating. Uh, just to play golf with him, let me just tell you, he never hit it in the weeds, but I did. And uh, it, Unless the weeds of the fairway ran out, and then there were weeds because he hit it so far. Uh, and the longest ball striker I've ever been around ever in my entire life is how much power he had. Uh, and it makes sense when he punted the ball like he did and kicked the long field goes and kicked off and all that, where the strength came from. But anyway, we're talking to to her best, his best side, Lisa Hendrick. Go to lisahendrick.com. Check out all the cool stuff, the great music she's got. Also, visit mississippi.org while you're at it. You're surfing, you're surfing. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar. Thanks for tuning in. Lisa, so what's on tap? Besides all this going on, um, you know, juggling family, being a mom, being a, a wife, you know, with the music, you feel like that you're in a really good place right now. And it's the toughest times to be in any sort of good place unless your name is Bounty or uh, Charmin or, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so yeah. what do you, what's on tap? Well, one of the things that God put on my heart to do when, when Reba was about to release the song was to create a community called God and My Girlfriend's Stories. And it's on Instagram, G-A-M-G Stories, and on Facebook, God of My Girlfriend Stories. And when COVID hit, um, you know, I really kind of got to, to, to buckle down and dig into that at a deep in a deeper way. And he's kind of showing me different layers of it. It's intended for, it's where faith and friendship meet. It's um, celebrating girlfriends and praising God. You know, that's kind of the surface level of it. But he's really sort of guiding me in how to use that platform to really help other people draw closer to God, other people draw closer to him. Because when COVID hit, you know, there's a lot of people who are, who feel lost, who feel depressed, who feel, you know, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. what what is the truth? I don't even know how to see the truth. And so um, I'm really putting a lot of focus on that particular brand right now uh, in the hopes that it will you know, just help take people by the hand who are feeling lost. So that's one of the things that has been on tap, but now I feel like he's turning the faucet, you know, full open on that, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, And then just getting to just, you know, listen to him, uh, ask him what he wants me to do next. There may be, uh, you know, other things related to God, my girlfriend's stories on the horizon, taking that to new places, and the faith blog that I'm writing, and just continuing to do music as he's as he's guiding me to do. What about the boys? What's going on with them? Well, Sam, uh, our our oldest boy, is now a freshman in high school playing football, and our younger one, Nate, is a sixth grader. He's a big soccer player. Our daughter Abby is in college. Right, right. And it's amazing to uh, just you know watch them growing into to, to bigger little people, and it's. I'm excited to see what God has for them. You know, just they, you know how they're all just different when they're born. Every right. single one of them. Oh yeah. Passions. Yeah. So it's just a joy to Craig and I to watch them grow into the people that they're becoming, and just pray every day. You know, Lord fill in the gaps wherever we drop the ball. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, maybe Craig's told you, or maybe not. There was a period in our lives where Waffle House on a Thursday was the most. The the, the waffles and the the breakfast was incredible, but we were all holding each other up. Craig was, yeah. you know, Craig, you know. Well, first of all, Larry was in between strange record deals. I was trying to get a record deal. Al Del Greco was in a slump and uh, that he'd never been in in his entire life because he'd been so perfect. And Craig was on the journey of finding you. And we were all there together, like four people holding each other up. I mean, we were holding each other up. 
and where it all ended was just like you look back and the very important time for us all and i i think it's awesome it's just amazing how important yeah he told me that that you guys would meet regularly at the waffle house and how important that was to him and and what it meant to him to have that support and you all were supporting each other yeah yeah we really were it was amazing amazing time and i'll never forget it and it was pivotal and my growth for sure, and I'll never forget it. We've been with my pal Lisa Hendrick. You got to go to lisahendrick.com to check out. I'm saying my T's right instead of my D's. I'm focused. Uh, I'm getting better at it. All right, but you got to go check it out. Check her out. Uh, I can't thank you enough for spending a Mississippi minute with me. You've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, which is where I love to dwell uh, and have beautiful guests like Lisa. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out every cool thing you can do right here. You don't have to drive that far. You can walk to it almost. I'm Steve Azar. Lisa, thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Bank would like to pitch in and help with the holiday meal. Hey folks, I'm Steve Azar, and my friends at Guarantee Bank will be giving away a free turkey in each of their 17 markets. To enter, go to Guarantee Bank's Facebook page or to gbtonline.com forward slash turkey dash giveaway forward slash. All you got to do is enter your name, your email address, and your Guarantee Bank branch location to be considered for the drawing. Winners will be drawn and announced on Friday, November 20th at noon on the Guarantee Bank Facebook page. Winners can stop by their registered branch to pick up their prize. Prizes will be available afternoon Monday, November 23rd or anytime on Tuesday, November 24th. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC and equal housing owner. The news doesn't sleep. And neither do we. Fox News Radio. Late breaking. Up to the minute. From around the world. Around the clock. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.